A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps to detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and as ever, Steve Cropley. Hello, Steve. For, how are you, Matthew? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Good. Thanks for having me over at yours. I've had the nicest ride over on my bike today. Yeah, there yeah. Is... Well, I heard you arrive, and oh. it sounded sounded like the you temperature's were... temperature's perfect, it's dry, it's just, yeah, just the nicest thing ever. Beautiful, warm breeze, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really lovely. Uh, so over the next half an hour or thereabouts, Steve and I are going to be talking about our respective autocar columns, much more besides, including your correspondence uh, on the subject of correspondence, Steve, James Cameron on the, on the Twitter, hello Jim. Uh, we were talking about, because I say autocar every week since 1895, a reader has taken me to task for saying every week since 1895 because there were gaps yep. in the back a issue. Few. Yeah. Anyway, so I said weekly since, eight, maybe weekly since 1895. James says, yes, how about weekly W-E-A-K-L-Y well, since 1895? Yeah. That's a bit hurtful, Jim. We it is a bit, best. isn't it? We do yeah. our best, mate. We do our best, mate. I mean, we've had a, it's been on a lot more weeks than it's been off. I would say. But anyway, uh, should we talk my column first? Yeah, go for it. Um, so this week, Fiat announced that it is no longer going to sell grey cars. I think that this is the story of the week for me. This is cool, isn't it? I, yeah. so, so at the moment, about one in four or just over cars sold in the UK are grey. It's a lot of cars, isn't it? It is. I mean, if you turn around and said to your boss, look, I'm going to do something that is going to... Uh, limit our sales to at least 25 so 25% of the car buying public we're not going to talk to anymore yeah you know somebody would turn around and go not sure about that yeah but but the point makes perfect sense but the point you make in your Mm. piece which I have just written read read, sorry is is, um, that Fiat weren't particularly there aren't that many grey Fiats I don't suppose there are are there really apart from the Tipo but nobody remembers that you'd forgotten they made it didn't you yeah well I had and I certainly haven't seen a no, 23 plate or anything I like saw that. The last time I saw any of any number, there were a bunch with a, um, I think they were all higher rental fleet cars. 
because they all had a W number plate, which is when they arrive at Tilbury Docks, isn't it? I think they get they end up with a W at the prefix on, oh, okay. on the thing, and they were yeah. But other than that, I mean, you don't see a depot. But anyway, the Panda and the five hundred and the five hundred X, which they do sell, they tend to sell in pleasant colours. Yeah. And, well, as a, yeah. as a you know you know me configurated jockey, I've done the the Panda plenty of times, and and uh, I always finish up with the orange. Oh yeah, it's really great orange four by four with a, yeah. with all these sort of body bits on it and stuff. It's, I mean, it looks uh, it looks fantastic and ludicrous at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so the Fiat CEO Olivier Francois, did you, have you met him? Yeah. Is he all right? Yeah, I think he's a. I think he's a pretty smart guy. You know, mm. um, very stylish, as I recall. Okay. Well, he stylishly says, "We broke the rules. We decided to stop the production of Fiat grey cars. This is challenging and disruptive, and is aimed at further reinforcing Fiat's leadership as the brand of joy, colours, and optimism." Well done him. Well done him. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's some brands that couldn't do it, aren't there? There are some brands. Yeah. You know, I mean, Audi, Mercedes-Benz. You would not... Where would you be without a great one of those? But, you know. Yeah. But... Well, we had... My, my, the, my missus, the steering committee, had mm-hmm. had two Fiat 500 in a row. One was light blue. We chose it because it was called Azura Tazio, because it was the colour of Nuvolari's overalls. Oh, cool. And the other one was um, was yellow. So mm. she has done what Mr. Francois wants. Yeah. Um, do you reckon there is there would be other boardrooms where people are sitting around thinking, oh, I wish we'd done that. I wish we'd thought of that. There aren't that many manufacturers who could get away with it. But maybe if you were Renault or... Yeah, Mini... Know, Mini, maybe, yeah. You yeah. could sit around and think, you know what, actually, yeah, let's... Although we're going to not talk to the 25% of people who buy grey cars, we're going to up our appeal massively to the 75% of people who don't buy grey cars. Yeah, I think you are making a... You're just making a happy point. I really yeah. like it. It's yeah. good. Yeah, I like I'm it very much. I guess, well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see in a couple of months whether it's worked, but yeah. I, I really hope it does. Yeah, me too. Right, on with your pod, uh, on with your column... Uh, related items Monday most weeks begin better than this one because you've heard things about RML yeah I was a, Ray Malik limit yeah but the, the company started by Ray Malik mm. but the, the the sort of family ethos was uh, was begun by his father Arthur who mm. built the first Malik cars and and you know was a contemporary of Colin Chapman yeah and what he did was to simplify things even more than Colin Chapman simplified things. You know, those those sort of odd little square-bodied cars. Mm. He didn't even believe in compound curves on bodies. But he built lightweight cars with live rear axles and all the rest of it and made them go and, and split front axles, you know, a, a Ford 10 axle sawn in half, and they were ridiculously fast. Do you remember a few weeks ago I talked about my favourite motoring book which was building my building and racing yeah. my 750 yeah the bloke i remember the um the author's name was patrick stevens in right. the end and i found some stuff about him he, he eventually start he was a he started his own publishing company in the end and flogged it to somebody else and he was i think motorsports magazines advertising bloke oh. in the end he only died about in about 2014 2015 and stuff oh, like that. so yeah, so, yeah. No, yeah. No, but, but he would have been yes he was a contemporary of them as yeah. well. Lots of names dropped in his in this book about racing against the likes of Malik and Chapman and 
Must have others. been a great society. Yeah. But the thing that what happened was that RML was suddenly deemed to be, uh, you know, on the skids, having trouble. And hmm. and uh, I've been there a number of times. I know Ray Malik really well. You know, Le Mans winner, loves Le Mans, has built loads of really good cars, done lots of things he can't tell us about, including, hmm. do you remember that, that triangular Nissan that raced it? Yes, yeah. They built that. The Delta, Delta Wing, wing. Did they call yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, they built that and mm. and raced it and so on and the the the, the place oozes probity so I thought bloody hell this is, this can't this can't be happening so I rang up Michael and he mm. said it isn't happening what happened was that you know two that we w- walked into the revolving door two or three of our most important um, customers didn't pay us some contracts were broken you can't really chase these people because. They might be your best customers when yeah. things recover in a month or two's time. <clears throat> we had to seek some finance. In order to be honest about it, we told the authorities that we were going to seek some finance. And this got out, circulated around the place, you know, found itself onto the socials and suddenly we were in trouble. And of right. course, our, you know, 150 employees he got mm. and a lot of customers and a lot of suppliers. And it was all horrible. And But he said... The money's in place. The business is going to come. You know, the business that we lost will eventually be done. It's just a, a hiccup. I, yeah. I just hate the the thought that a a business that had its roots in 1958 just by hearsay can go wrong. Mm. So you know that it made me feel bad that I, RML is not the sort of business that deserves to go wrong. No, absolutely not. No, I've driven some really impressive stuff out of RML. Well, the latest is the uh, that. To the short, wheel short wheelbase, oh, which yeah. we had up at Anglesey last year when we did our driver's car, best driver's car thing. But they did, as well as that Nissan Delta Wing, they did some, uh, I forget, I want to say, are they Duke R's? They were That's right, yeah. Nissan Duke with GTR underpinnings. That was it, yeah. And they said, I think they made one, Yeah. and I've tried it and thought, this is ridiculous, and they'll never make any. And then I think a contract came in to make a dozen or something like that, yeah. and it was just... It was good, but it? was it? wild, yeah, yeah, it was terrific, it was really good. It yeah. was great fun, and they had they had really excellent engine men too. I think they they've been <coughs> involved in various BTCC campaigns over the years. Haven't they? Yeah, did they run Nissan's Super Touring era? Yeah, my uh, bloke a bloke from the village came around the other day because we needed to get some strimming done with a petrol strimmer, and he used to work over at Upper Hayford. Oh yeah, for a car thing, but he doesn't anymore. He said, oh, yeah, and they had that. Uh, They've got a micro over there with a V6 engine, 350Z engine. And I said, I think I've driven it. <laughs> well, fancy a trip yeah. around the block in that. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Yeah, and I think before that they did, and I think it was RML who did that, and they before that they did one with the super touring two-litre uh, engine in. But that's hard to work because you need a team of engineers to get them going. That would have been 20-ish years ago. Yeah. Didn't Toyota have some... Some gun car, it was an Igo with well, some... they did it. Yeah, the Igo Crazy, which had oh. a which wasn't a race engine, but I think it had the 1.8 VVTi, yeah. whatever from the, the high performance, either the MR2 or the Celica. Did you have a go in that? Yeah, I had a go in that. It had no lock at all and an engine in the middle. And it was just, <laughs> it was like a I don't know, it was like a Clio V6 or something like that. I suppose it was very hard to. Excellent. We tried it at um. Myra Proving Ground on the on the same circuits that we 
put our road test oh, through. So, so the wet handling circuit and the dry handling circuit. In the dry, it was about as fast as a Lotus Elise. And in the wet, it was massively hairy. But quite good fun. <laughs> but yeah. That oh, but the, the last thing, RML, the, the thing about the, they don't just build race cars. I think they're... They're big battery men now. They, you know, they oh. they kind of um, they do all sorts of cunning bespoke battery uh, setups for, for for low volume cars, and they can do you know the 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 um, the you know the black box governing gizmos that uh, that make all this stuff work. So they they're, they're clever people. They they yeah. they need to prevail. Hmm. We'll come back to batteries uh, in a bit after the after the break. We'll come back and talk batteries a bit more. Uh, meantime, Tuesday, you are getting used to being stared at in a flying yeah. a flying spell. <laughs> it's a it's a funny experience, honestly. I mean, you, we we do drive these cars a lot, don't we? Mm. But uh, but the or, or we drive unusual cars a lot. But the it seems to be the length of the flying spur that makes it stand out. And people, mm. you know, you kind of cream past these people on the pavement and they they glance at you in the front but what they really want to know is who's in the back because <laughs> they, they presume that it's elton john or someone yeah. you know or or i don't know some somebody wouldn't somebody of importance uh they, they it's the i'm getting used to the kind of glances of disappointment when they see that it's me in the front <laughs> so, you and only you <laughs> how are you getting on with the car you did a trip the other day didn't you and got a decent yeah, it was uh, it was good. Well, we did a, about a sixty mile trip up, just up a bit of a glorified shopping trip up through the Cotswolds, but mm. not taking any, uh, you know, passing people when needed and all that. And but with the car fully charged because it's a plug-in hybrid, as you mm. know. And and uh, we came back with forty-two point something showing on the the um, trip computer, and there was still sixteen of the thirty-two miles worth of battery juice left in it which makes you think that we we would have been able to get that mileage out of a hundred mile trip which i think is good effort. that's pretty good yeah and that's you know though even a car that's used for cruising like that is um doesn't do well, you get a lot of your your use in under 100 miles don't you yeah yeah so totally. I'm, I, it's going well i mean and the other thing is it's running in they car came to us with 250 300 odd miles and and i've enjoyed the fact that everything's running in you know i just i, I sort of sit there and think i can feel the you know the freer running wheel bearings and the <laughs> gearbox yeah. and people say gearboxes run in oh really yeah so i'm just but anyway it's it seems sort of lovely free creamy nice car yeah enjoying it it's yeah. big but so you've got to be careful where you put it and mm. i'm i'm scared of leaving it anywhere silly where people's kid or something but yeah. but you know apart from that very practical hmm. do you do you use it on short electric only journeys i think it's yeah. just parking it somewhere isn't it yeah so well i live five, four miles from the, lo- the local market town as you know yeah. and and uh we're forever doing you know eight ten mile okay. round trips and and uh as long as there's somewhere that I feel all right. I, I, I wouldn't choose sort of the late Saturday morning to go and stick it in amongst the the, the, the sort of busy town traffic. Yeah. But, but you know, morning trips in and out, yep, do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, oh, on the subject of gearboxes, I think on this pod a few weeks ago, the I was talking about the Renault Austral. Yeah. I think I said it had a single speed 
like the Honda Civic Hybrid, latest Honda Civic Hybrid has only got one fixed gear and the rest of the time uh, it's running as a range extender on electric mode only, but at high speed on the motorway it will engage a gear and drive directly to the wheels. I was speaking to an engineer from Renault and slightly lost in translation. He kind of told me that that was the same, but actually it's got five speeds in the gearbox. But it's, anyway, so I'll just clarify that. <laughs> well done. But yeah, I, thankfully I sort of went away and checked it. I was like, hang on a minute, because they say it's now got seven. But then the electric motor, because it's got a hybrid system with an electric motor yeah, and the thing, but there's two speeds for the electric motor. That's like this this Rafale, Rafale I'm still t- t- tripping over the name, but R-A-F-A-L-E. Yeah. The, the new... Um, uh, uh, Flagship has got the same powertrain. Oh yes, okay. And th- so there's a there's a two-speed attached to the electric motor, isn't there? Yes. And then a four-speed, I think it is, attached to that. Yeah. Electric. Yeah. But that's now on the on the Austral. That is now a five rather than a four. Oh, I see. But oh, I oh, spoke to uh, Ilya Prayat, who is our road tester, yesterday, and he said that he thought, or he'd been told, that the electric motor uses the same gears as the engine. Wow! At the same time, but the, but it can have two. I don't know. I don't. I can't work it out. I can't get my head Apparently around. Apparently, the story goes. They were telling me about this. We we were trying to figure it out, and I was. It's one of those things where somebody explains it to you, and it goes in one ear and out the other. <laughs> but and but it was very efficiently explained to me in Paris yeah. by by an engineer, and he said that the bloke who came up with the idea, hmm. who was in the big Renault Tech Center, you know the vast one that we've been to a few times. Um, he had this idea and built it in Lego and brought it to work as this great <laughs> oh, really? Lego thing and said, this is what we should do. Yeah. And it took them seven or eight years to do it, but well, that, that is where it came from. Some bloke's yeah. inspiration built in Lego. Tremendous. What a clever guy, eh? That's tremendous. I'd love to see the... Pe- well, I believe... I'd love to see it in Lego because I might understand I think understand it's on it. YouTube. Oh, really? Oh, well, I'll have a look at that because yeah. then I might start to understand how you... If it does use the same gears because I... And I think... Oh, I can't remember now, but I think Renault said that they call it, sometimes they call it a seven-speed yeah. gearbox. So some people quote it as seven-speed, yeah. and then, but it's not really seven-speed because the engine's got five and the motor's got two, but yeah. that's not strictly, it might be ten, but it's not strictly seven, yeah. and it depends what they choose. And the Honda's problem with the Civic is that they call it a CVT, an ECVT, yeah. and it's not, an e, it's not a continuously variable transmission at all yeah, in I fact see. it's just driven by the motor and then from time to time the engine which has one speed yeah. uh, one gear ratio will engage oh, but it's not actually a CVT at all to the to the to the frustration of some of Honda's yeah. sort of marketing no, types right. engineers interesting though the way there's all this diversity isn't there yeah, yeah. isn't it yeah. I must say the, the thing I like about the Renault is that it's not got a clutch mm. um, so you just everything's they start. It starts in electric drive, and then the the donkey, the, you know, the petrol thing chimes in if you want it to. Yeah. yeah. If your clogs far enough down the yeah. travel. And it has a dog clutch, doesn't it, to to yeah. to engage the gears. Which yeah. I've only driven one at lowish speeds because that's the only time the, the only opportunity we've had to drive it so far. But I think Ilya was saying the other day that actually at higher speeds, because it's because it it's so difficult to mesh the dog clutch gears so it's basically three prongs plus three yeah. slots so like trying to trying to plug a, an electrical socket in while they're both spinning at 3000 rpm you know you've got to match it absolutely perfectly and there's a secondary motor attached to the engine 
which matches the two speeds. It does that, yeah. Yeah. But he said at high at high speeds, that can sometimes take a little while, and then the primary drive motor can't quite keep the speed of the car going. So actually, as you change from say fourth to fifth, it's a little hesitation, and the car starts to slow down a bit until it re-engages, and then it's back away. So maybe at high speeds, it's not quite as clever as at those. Well, we need still. We need to do a few miles in this, don't we? Yeah, and I need to see this Lego thing on YouTube. Well, it is, a, the, because the, the the excellent bloke that was explaining to me did find it on YouTube, but it was on his phone, and it was mm. therefore the size of a postage stamp, and I couldn't really see what was going on. But but it is there, and I keep meaning to dial it up. It's there. Yeah, good. Well, we'll do that, and we'll put it on um, uh, we'll put it on one of our socials when this pod comes out, if we find it. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Right, we'll take a very short break and we'll be back with more My Week in Cars in just a moment. What car would you buy if you could buy any car? What car would you buy if you knew you could save thousands? What car would you buy if you could compare the latest offers from approved dealers? What car would you buy if you could do all of this in one place in just a few simple clicks? And where would you go to buy that car? What car? Car buying made easy. Visit whatcar.com to buy your next new car. Hello, welcome back to My Week in Cars. You can write to us, autocar at haymarket.com. Mike Elliott has done that. Um, here's a question that he hasn't heard discussed regarding electric vehicles. If they are basically a large power pack on the floor, what happens if they are grounded or mount curbs, etc.? Will insurance companies be more likely to write them off or not repair them? What do we think, Steve? I think they're built with such strength and so many tests, you know, dropped off buildings. That somebody was telling me the other day, I can't for the life of me remember, but he was saying, we have to line these things up against the wall and shoot them. Yeah. And, and apparently if there's any, if a bullet can, can make any kind of intrusion, then, then it's got to be redesigned mm. they, they are so hugely strong that they I, are. I just don't think it's an issue we, no. we've certainly never heard of it have we no I've never heard of any damage being being not even when you when you know sometimes you see somebody on video and they try to follow a car through one of those bollards that drops in the town centre oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it comes up <laughs> straight up and sometimes the thing will go through and you just see a big patch of oil as it's wiped wiped the sump off I just don't think it's a yeah I, I've never heard of damage on that no. scale I think it's like when they used to crash the trains to see whether the nuclear waste on board would come a cropper or not you know I think, I think it's just like that, that sort yeah. Of, yeah it's yeah. that sort of thing yeah so basically Mike I don't think we need to we don't need to worry about that yeah it's a, it's 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 fine and I think actually they're probably better protected than most of the vulnerable mechanicals in a internally combusted car. the thing I that I did hear the other day I didn't know this but but apparently more recent batteries are repairable aren't they you, you know you yeah can, you swap them out you can swap individual cells in and out can't yeah you? i didn't yeah. know that i thought it was uh, because it was such a well we've occasionally been showed, shown the innards of these things haven't we and then mm. it looks like such a complete you know uh morass in there you know of of of, of unnamed components you, yeah. you presume it's not going to be repairable but i gather that you, you can just plug in the diagnostics find the wrong one and mm. Replace it and refresh it. Yeah, somebody refreshes uh, Honda Insight cells. Ah, um, because they. they must be I mean, because those cars are old, aren't they? They're uh, twenty, are they twenty-five years old, or getting on that way. And I think, yeah, I think there is somebody 
further up the country who refreshes those. I don't know if that's a case of taking them all out and putting new ones yeah. in because they're a smallish pack. But um, Isn't it yeah, great it the is... way people emerge who can fix these things? Yeah. Did you hear, I, I probably bored you with this story about the bloke with, a, with an early uh, Range Rover plug-in who couldn't get it repaired, was quoted 25 grand. Oh, that's local right. Dealership. Yeah, we've talked about this on the pod. He, yes, yeah, it, no, he, he sent, sent it, it off to Malta. And yeah. He, and it came back for five grand. Done. And guaranteed. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's the future. Um, although, next point in your column, range anxiety is not quite dead, according to no, somebody no. who's written it. Well, I, it was a, I felt a bit sorry for this guy. The hmm. gentleman wrote in saying, look, I've done two miles in my, in my new uh, Porsche Taycan, for which I've paid 115 grand, and it's showing 220-odd miles instead of 200 and, between 200 and... 258 to 308 to 304. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel so cheesed off with that I'm on the point of giving it back. What what do you think? And mm. so I he'd already been in touch with the with the Porsche dealer who said look they they do this, you know, they the for a start the WLTP figures are a, a bit strong but also it takes the car a while to tune into you and I think I think that's perfectly true. Mm. So I wrote back to him saying, look, I, I, I think they're not having you over at this time. And uh, because you and I, we've had plenty of occasions, haven't we, when you set off with the thing predicting one range and then you drive it in a particular way, particularly if, you know, if you have a bit of an easy day or you don't mm. beat it up too much, the, the mileage goes out, doesn't it? Yeah. It improves. Yeah. I've, but I've got into Porsches before on circuit where we've been doing stuff in... 911s in particular, GT3s, and it'll have half a tank left, and it'll say, yeah, that'll get you 40 miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, oh, well, I'll probably be okay, actually, if I'm going to go out on the road now, and I'll probably be all right. And it's probably 150 or something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, so it's, yeah, interesting. I wonder why it does it when it's, whether it's very in early initial use when they, you know, when they finish putting it together and load it and whatever yeah. else they're doing, maybe it is a particularly high. Maybe some, you know, I don't know. But they yeah, I don't. Yeah, definitely some wrong road test or something at the end, style. but it, yes, it clearly needs to have a moment to think about itself. Yeah, I think we usually do get. You, can, you, can you remember what version of the Taycan it is? Uh, I, um, a 4S. A 4S. I have a feeling that we, yeah, we tend, we certainly do better than 200. And, what was it? Two hundred nineteen. Yeah, think. I, I we, we I asked him to to get in touch when he's. I, I was suggesting that he just goes out for the afternoon, you know, and does mm. one hundred and fifty miles in it, and then you'll know. He yeah. just will. Yeah, and uh, perhaps drop me a note then. Mm. I hope he will because I. Yeah. It, it's a, but the, the the thing the poor thing I took out of it was that range anxiety is still a concern for people who've had a lifetime of buying, you know, sounds like it expensive cars. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Ian Sanderson owns Vanwall. Yeah, he's just I, I know him quite well, and and uh, he he's a advertising bloke. He's one of these guys that's that's um, makes a lot of money, then you know sort of um, puts it into something that doesn't prevail quite so well. So he does it again, you know. And he he you know if he needs to make money, he does. Anyway, interesting bloke. One of the things he did was to create the Lightning battery coupe. A while ago, oh, you remember that? that? Do I remember that? It's um, it's it's a, quite a big. What name was that under? Was that Lightning? Uh, just just yeah. Lightning. Yeah. Um, uh, EV coupe. He, um, 
anyway, the thing is, he he also owned, decided that he was available, so he bid on and bought the name of Vanwall. And hmm. sadly, there are some people in Germany who um, have, on much uh, thinner evidence, you know, grabbed the name as well, and they ran a car at Le Mans, which, uh, luckily or not, it didn't uh, didn't didn't finish. <laughs> But anyway, he, he, I just feel that the, for a bloke that's taking all trouble to make a, a grand old name prevail, yeah. he's having all kinds of difficulties. He's battling on. He's, you know, he says we'll prevail. We will. And you know, I, the bloke's achieved a lot in his life, including various, you know, up and down the Solent type speedboat titles. Oh, really? So um, he's just one of those blokes that's that's done everything, doesn't bother yeah. to tell you about it. I love people like that. <laughs> that is cool. I've just picked up the... The Lightning. The Lightning, yeah. yeah. At Auto Rye Amsterdam 2011. It's a good-looking car, though, isn't it? It is. It's it it was car. designed by a, a, a design student from Coventry, who's really? got a good career now, and mm. and it was displayed at the at Excel, that whatever the motor show that was, I think the same time that the Lotus Evora was. Oh, okay was launched because I finished up by ridiculous uh, now it can be told I wrote mm. the speech that the boss of of um, the Malaysian company that owned Lotus at oh, the really? time he yeah. needed some idiot to write him a welcome speech hello mm. ladies and gentlemen I did it you did it yeah. uh, what were they as called? a favour what were they called <sighs> Proton oh, Pro- oh yes of course yeah yeah and what was the uh, yes but they, was there a separate name for the group that owned yeah Proton Oh, something holdings. Yeah, would, yeah, almost certainly something holding. Pro, Proton was the was the kind of main the mark that was yeah. associated with it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Fight on. Yes, two thousand and two thousand and eight at the British International Motor yeah. Show. Yeah. And the thing, I, well, Ian Sanderson was behind that. He mm. that's where I met him at two thousand and eight, okay. and. Uh, and the, the thing I liked about it was that he the car had a beautiful interior in it and it looked really nice and yeah. it deserved so we gave it quite a wrap at the time. And, did we uh, drive? Did we drive it much? Yeah, I, I had to go in. There was a two, twin end version. It was really quick. Mm. They also built a V eight initially. Okay. But but the electric one was the main one. The, the electric car is now on display in the British Motor Museum. Yeah, I just see that. It's just been yeah. yes. I see, well, it, according to the wiki, it says it's just been on there. Yeah, yeah. I will see that next time we. Um, well, there. next time I go up, mate, will probably be to record one of these. Yeah, I probably guess, will so. be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and another thing before we finish for this week, uh, Steve. I'm not. It says here you'll be bored even more than me. <laughs> About hearing about my family's VW California. No, not at all. Not at all. What's the what is the latest? Ah, uh, well, the latest. Uh, let me tell you, the latest. <laughs> the latest is that we've had a bid on the thing. We, right. I don't know whether I should tell the because you have a Volkswagen California that yeah. you don't use for That's its right. intended purpose. It's, it's rising five years old. We've mm. done eight thousand eight hundred miles in it. It's mainly sat in the yard, except when I feel like trundling it around the district. We paid fifty grand for it nearly five years ago. We've just been bid in a deal, forty nine, and I think that is a record for low depreciation. That's amazing, isn't it? That um, is it. And uh, but the, the a deal is being done on another car. I'm not quite at, in a position to say what the other car is yet, but it, I think the money, rather than going back into consolidated revenue and turning into a kitchen or a bunch of roof tiles, mm-hmm. will turn into a car and possibly. A motorbike. Oh, 
Mel, this is, I like Dickie. <laughs> so, I mean, it may take me a while to get my backside into gear, but things are happening at last. When were we? Uh, is, is there a deadline? Is there a deadline? For well, the, uh, the the bid has been uh, for the van has been made, so yeah. I wouldn't want that to to turn to dust. So oh. I think we probably need to be doing something next week or two. Oh, excellent. Well, stay tuned for more uh, on the California. I look forward to that <laughs> this time next week. Steve and I will be back this time next week. In the meantime, you can find You will us. have been to America. I've been, yeah, I'm going to drive. By the, well, by the time this pod comes out, uh, the Rolls-Royce Spectre oh, wow. will be driven and published on autocar.co.uk and in the mag. Actually, it's slightly weird the way that the schedule has worked out. I have to put it, I have to write it for the mag pretty much as soon as I land. But then there'll be a, before I've even spoken to the engineers and everything else. But we'll, will we right. be able to talk about it this time next week? Yes, we will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, right. we could right. theoretically talk about it. If I'd driven it, I could have talked about it now. But yeah, so the embargo, such as it is, it lifts on the 5th of July. So. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, well, so that'll it would be... have been a week old by that point. Yeah, keen to uh, know. I don't think me forty nine grand will stretch quite that no, far. No, it might not. But mind you, it would get your deposit, I reckon, don't you? And then <laughs> it's and then it's on the monthly drip, never, never. Yeah, so I think the it. I think permission from the steering committee <laughs> may be a bit of an issue, but we'll but we'll see yes. how it goes. Um, yeah. So by the time this pod comes out, hopefully there will be a video of that over auto uh, on the YouTube uh, Autocars YouTube channel at the same time. But yeah, and then Steve and I will talk more about it next week you can also find autocar digitally um, or in news agents and on newsstands as it has been published weekly thanks jim uh, since 1895 <laughs> see you next time Cheers. hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.